Welcome to the P4C Podcast. We are excited to reshare with you the last 12 years of teaching through God's Word at Passion for Christ Summit. Each week, the P4C Podcast delivers rich truths for your life, and we know you will be blessed. Our current series is from P4C 2017, Resolved, Why the Reformation Matters Today. We now join Micah Kavanaugh for today's message. We hope you are encouraged and challenged. I was going to uh, introduce, uh, talk about, I do work in Texas. I work in the, the house, the Texas house down there. I work for uh, a representative, and I enjoy that. Right now, it's kind of our, a little bit of our off-season. It's campaign season, and since he hasn't drawn a challenger yet, uh, my work is minimal at best, just because there's just not a whole lot to do. We're keeping a low profile. Um, but my boss is very, I'm very grateful to him for allowing me to come up here for a whole week, because I'm usually off for about a month uh, in the summer to go to Ecuador with Global Encounters, so it's really cool to be able to come here for a week. And I called him up and I said, hey, it's time again to go hang out in Ohio. And he was like, yeah, go for it, man. Have a good time. So I appreciate that. Let's, uh, let's pray before we get started. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for the opportunity to be here with the guys uh, at Passion for Christ Summit. I pray that you would bless, uh, Lord, just the words of my mouth and the interaction that we have in the next uh, few minutes. Lord, in the time to come, I pray that you would just bless our, our hearts and our minds and that you would, Lord, just impress on my heart what you would have me to say uh, to these guys and that you would uh, bless the rest of our week together and we would be glorifying to you in all that we do. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As I was thinking about uh, talking to you guys and the topic of this week, um, I thought, man, I guess I should talk about something that has to do with, you know, the topic of the week. And Dad and Daniel always call me and they're like, hey, what are you talking about? And I was like, well, I'm still thinking about it. And uh, I thought, well, you know, I don't really have a whole lot to say about Luther or Tyndale or those guys who had so much a part of the Reformation, other than the fact that I did find out through my research that Martin Luther was 42 years old when he got married. And he had six kids in the span of a few years. So this is a singles conference. There is hope for all those who are unmarried. You know, Martin Luther got married when he was 42. So you never know what's in the future. Uh, anyway, just a little antidote there. Um, how many of you here live alone, like by yourselves, out on your own? Many of you live at home or with other people, but you have your own space, I'm guessing. Correct? You have like a room, at least, maybe, or a bathroom, something like that. Have you ever come home... And you look around and you realize that you've let things get out of hand. Your room's a mess, your bed's unmade, there's clothes everywhere, your bathroom, we could probably spend a day there cleaning it. Uh, There's dishes everywhere that need to be washed. Maybe you need to vacuum. Things are a mess. And for those of you maybe who even live at home or live with other people, you have your own space or you share a space, things get out of hand. I'm speaking of myself a bit because this happens to me from time to time. I come home and I'm like, oh my goodness, where do I start, you know? There's so much to be done here. Now maybe you're a perfectionist and you keep a very tidy space. But this principle of keeping things up applies to your financial life, your budget, or your personal life, your relationships with other people and your friendships. Sometimes you let things go and things get out of hand, you realize I'm so behind. I find myself that way more often than not at my condo where I live, and sometimes I'm like, man, should I take out the trash first? Should I start washing the dishes? Should I go to my room and clean it up? Where do I begin? Because I haven't kept it up in the last few weeks. But very seldom 
Is it enough? You can take all of that and do it all in one day. You can take a Saturday. You can clean. You can get it all back the way it's supposed to be. But if you don't keep it up, over the next following days, you will allow things to kind of slip back. You won't make your bed maybe one or two times. And maybe there'll be some clothes. Before you know it, things are back to where they were. Keeping everything together requires continual upkeep. That's true in our personal lives, and it's also true in our public lives with people. If you want to keep friendships, it requires upkeep. You have to spend time together. You have to seek out those people who you enjoy being with. Life requires upkeep. The other day, actually, I read the goals that I had written at the beginning of January, uh, the goals that I wanted to accomplish this year. If you don't want to get discouraged, go back and read your goals. And then you're like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? I read, and I mean, it was simple stuff from like, make my bed every day. And that sounds really simple. But it's not so simple for me. So make my bed every day all the way to how much money I wanted to save this year. And by the time I got down to number 12 on my list of goals, I was very discouraged. And I thought, man, this year is just, I've wasted this year. And so when I I was thinking about those things, and as I wanted to talk to you guys, and I began, I read Colossians 3, which is where I want to spend our time together here today and where I want to talk to you guys from. Colossians 3, and I want to read the first 15 verses. Uh, with you all. Paul here is talking to, the, uh, to the, the church about putting on the new self. And he begins in verse 1, and he says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, seek the things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, is revealed, then you also will be revealed with Him in glory. Therefore, consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. For it is because of these things that the wrath of God will come upon the sons of disobedience. And in them... You also once walked when you were living in them, but now you also put them all aside. Anger, wrath, malice, slander, and abusive speech from your mouth. Do not lie to one another, since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. And you have put on the new self, who is being renewed to a true knowledge according to the image of the one who created him. A renewal in which there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave, and free man, But Christ is all and in all. And so, as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience, bearing with one another and forgiving each other. Whoever has a complaint against anyone, just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love, which is the perfect bond of unity. Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Now, I'm not going to cover all 15 verses, so don't worry. But I do want to focus on the first, the first uh, specifically the first four verses, and then reference parts of the chapter. You see, without cultivation and care, the Christian walk, your Christian walk, my Christian walk, will become dull and out of tune. And perhaps you have found yourself there. And if you have not, you will. Because as believers, we are constantly pulled back towards our old self. I find it all the time. And whether it's not, it's not necessarily you've read your Bible every day, but it's that desire. Do you find that desire for seeking after God and who God is in your daily walk? For me, I struggle with that. Struggle with it all the time. 
Every day, in fact. And so it is something that we have to pursue. It's something that we are called to pursue. And the first thing I want to look at in the verses here is something that you and I must continually be aware of and and continue to seek in our own personal lives. It is the reality of our situation. What is the reality of yours and my situation as believers? Well, we see it in verse 1. It says, Therefore, if you have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Therefore, if you have been raised up, you and I have been raised up. We are a new creature in Christ. In fact, in Romans 6, verse 4, it says, Therefore, we have been buried with him through baptism unto death, so that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in the newness of life. You and I have new life because of him, because of what he did. And we see this symbolic, though very, very serious nature of which he's talking about here, which is the idea of being buried. We see that if you've been baptized. Whenever, and I grew up in a Southern Baptist church, they always say the same thing. Buried with him in baptism and raised to walk in newness of life. That is very important because it symbolizes what has happened to you and I as believers. We were dead. And then we were buried with him in baptism. We were buried with him through the salvation of his son Jesus Christ when he died and went into the tomb. And then when he was raised again, we've now been raised to walk in newness of life. Knowing where we have come from helps us see the significance of where we are. In fact, it's pivotal. You, I always think, and I would guess that you being human might have a similar issue. You think you can handle the situation. You can take care of the situation. Um, when I go to, to Ecuador every year, it's so easy to feel like whenever we get into a situation with the team, I'm like, oh, I got this. I can do this. And I forget so quickly that apart from the Lord's help, everything will fall apart. Everything. Verses 1 and 2 um, says that set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. Verses 2. Sorry, I meant to... Go with verse 1. Therefore, if you've been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Verse 2. Set your mind on the things above, not on things of the earth. The reality where we, of where we are should cause us to do something other than what we are doing right now. The reality of where we are in Christ, if we have been raised with Him, should cause us to do what verse 2 tells us to do, what Paul says to the Colossians in verse 2. Set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. I find this to be very, uh, perhaps the most difficult thing of my walk with Christ, of my daily walk. It is easy for me to take a Saturday and to clean my house. I can get it done. I can dust. I can clean, especially if people are coming over the next day. I can dust and clean, and I can make sure everything looks great. And they come over, oh, your house looks so great. This is just very nice. Thank you. Thank you. It's always this way. But the fact of the matter is, the next day, it's easy to leave a glass out or leave a plate with some food on it. And then as days go by, time goes by. I'm busy. I've got other things going on. In my Christian walk, it's easy to forget or to ignore even what I'm supposed to be doing every day, what the reality of my situation, which is I am risen with Christ and Christ is my life, what that should cause me to do. It should cause me to set my mind on things above. It should cause me to have a relationship with Him. We should, each of us, want a relationship with Him. The reality of our situation should cause us to take action. But the second thing I want to see in verse 2 is the desire for transformation. And the desire for transformation 
Yes, we have been transformed in Christ. You and I, if we believe in Jesus Christ and we have a relationship with Him, we have been transformed. But the reality of that should create a desire, a continual desire in our lives. In verse 2 it says, set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. So, if we have been raised up with Christ, keep seeking the things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. And set your mind on things above, not on things that are on the earth. The reality that we have been raised up should then create a desire in us to continually pursue Him. Transformation, sanctification, is a continual process. It's not a one-time act. We are not transformed in this life to have a better earthly life. After transformation, you don't suddenly get the job you want, correct? After salvation, you get saved. You get that nice paying six-figure job that you want, or, or maybe you get something you've desired so much. I don't know what it is, but you all have those things that you want, those things you're pursuing. That's not salvation. We are saved for a different purpose, not for earthly goods. In fact, we are saved because we are supposed to be set apart for who Christ is, to love Him. We're set apart for love and good works. Good works don't save us, as we talked about last night, but they are a product of who we are in Christ. And the desire for transformation should stem from the joy that we now find. I don't know about you, but I don't, I'm not happy every day. In fact, I get very unhappy most days. Uh, joy is different from happiness. I think we'd all agree in that, and we all are well aware of that. But <coughs> joy is different than happiness because joy is not found in your circumstances. Joy is found in the reality of who Christ is in your life. And so when time goes by, I can look back on a situation and go, man, I'm so glad God brought me through that. But when I'm in the midst of it, oftentimes I'm like, I, I, I'm not super excited about what is happening right now in my life. I'm not super excited about what God is doing, whatever this is. But actually in 1 Thessalonians 5, 5.18, thing, it says, Be grateful in, for, in, in everything give thanks, not for everything give thanks. We are to be grateful in what is going on in our lives, not just for what has happened. Now, be grateful for it or in it does not necessarily mean you have to be happy about it immediately. That's, that's difficult sometimes. Happiness is different than joy. Because your joy is not found in the situation. Your joy is found in Christ who is in the situation with you. I think we would all agree. The desire does not consist of a list of do's and don'ts. The desire we have for a continual transformation in Christ does not consist of a list of do's and don'ts. And that's hard because I know for, for me, actually I have a list. To pray every day. To read my Bible. I have that list. And that's a good thing. But following a list of things does not sanctify you. Following a list, and although the Bible has lists, but following a list does not sanctify you. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creature. The old things passed away. Behold, new things have come. Or some versions say all things have become new. You and I have a new desire. We are new creatures, a new creation even. And so we have new desires. We do not have to follow a simple list of do's and don'ts. We follow after a person. We follow after what has happened in our life, and that is Christ coming into our life. We follow after the relationship. And the relationship 
is what should drive us to do those things which he brings us to that we realize we should or shouldn't be doing. Like I said, I'm not against lists, but lists do not sanctify you. But under, under, the, under the desire for transformation, we see the requirement for, trans, for transformation. And the requirement is that we must put all things aside. Let's look down in verse 8 and 9 of Colossians where we're at. Paul says, but now you must also put them all aside. What are those things? Their anger, their wrath, their malice, slander, and abuse of speech from your mouth. He says, do not lie to one another since you laid aside the old self with its evil practices. We can desire transformation, and we should, and I assume we do, because we have been saved. But the requirement is we must continually put aside those things that would keep us from being like Christ, who we have been called to be like. And he tells us what those things are right here. And they all apply to my life. Those are the things that we so easily and so quickly did in our former life, but should not be commonplace in the life of the believer. And uh, he says, consider, in verse 5, he says, Therefore consider the members of your earthly body as dead to immorality, impurity, passion, evil desire, and greed, which amounts to idolatry. In the ESV, the word consider is actually put to death. Now, I'm reading from the New American Standard, and I like it. Actually, I was talking to Dad about this earlier. I actually like it because it is more literal in its translation. I like it. And some people don't because they think it doesn't read quite as well. But I like it because he says, consider, think of your members... Think of the members of your earthly body as dead. And the ESV actually says, put to death. It requires action on your and my part. Relationship with Christ is not a passive transformation or sanctification process. It is an active sanctification process. Your participation, your participation, that's not a word, your participation is required for your sanctification. In Philippians 3, Paul talks about not attaining unto perfection. In fact, Philippians 3 is one of my favorite passages of the Bible. If you think of Paul, you think of what a, what a, a warrior he was for, for God and everything that he did. And he oversaw so many churches. But then you read about him and how he thinks about himself in Christ. And you go, man, this guy, he struggled just like you and me. And in, uh, in chapter 3, he's talking about the goal of life and what that means. And he gets down to verse 12 and he's talking about being like Christ. And he said, guys, not that I have already obtained or already have been made perfect, but I press on so that I may lay hold of that for which also I was laid hold of by Jesus Christ. Brethren, I do not myself regard as having laid hold of it yet, but one thing I do, I forget what is behind and reach toward to what lies ahead. I press towards the goal of the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I have not attained into sanctification. He is is being sanctified, but he is pressing towards. He's not just sitting around waiting for God to seek him out. He's pressing towards himself. Thank you for joining us this week. If you have questions about P4C, visit our website at p4csummit.org. Or you can email us at info at p4csummit.org. We hope you can join us next week on the P4C podcast as we listen to part two of this message. May God bless you as you seek to passionately live for his glory each and every day.